I'm Keaton. I'm Laura. And we love stories and talking about stories. So we're looking at the Bible as a story that's filled with real people. And we're hoping that if we um, show the human side of these people in the story, um, that we'll see God is real too. That's right. We want to try to read the Bible with curiosity and maybe let our imagination do more work than it gets to do when we read scripture sometimes. So we're going to start with the question, what did these people eat for breakfast? And we're going to see where it takes us. How did they start their day? And how did the rest of the day go? Welcome to the Breakfast Translation. There we go. We're, we're saying thanks. Season two. Here we go. Dun, dun, dun. Cut all this out. This is nothing. Nonsense. <laughs> great. A great start. <laughs> Keaton, welcome back. Thank you. I've had so many... Um, breakfast meals since we last yeah. did this thing. So much breakfast. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we should start with breakfast updates. Okay. Right? It's been a while since we recorded. Um, so do you have any giant breakfast updates you want to share with the people who were loyal enough to tune into that first season? I do. And it is brand new. You're never going to have heard of this breakfast before. Okay. Avocado toast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're one of those. I'm one of those. Well, this is, this is what I like to do with trends is I like to jump on them after everybody's kind of over it. Okay. Um, I did the same thing with Harry Potter. Yes. Um, and I like to, once, once the hype has worn off, I like to then indulge in the new trend. It takes okay. me a minute. So I have, I'm finally on board. It's great. Um, now, <laughs> now a lot of people think avocado toast is like, what's wrong with America? It, and that's me and now. you feel like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm what's wrong with America. Okay. So it, to pitch another podcast on our podcast. Okay. Do you listen, you listen to this American life sometimes. Sometimes. So they did an episode about the origin of avocado, to, avocado toast. Okay. And I don't want to give it away. I just want to say it's brilliant. Okay. And that you should listen to it if you haven't ever heard it. Okay. Um, not to, not to spoil all the goodness of it, but a guy tracks down the origin of avocado toast and ends up learning about a young woman who was dealing with a mental health struggle mm -hmm. and making a coffee shop that served toast was part of her healing. Okay. And so even though it's become like this talking point for millennials and what comes after millennials and their radical breakfast choice of avocado toast. Uh, we make it like something weak or bad about young people, but this story kind of redeems the birth story. The origin story of avocado toast is, is it's very story of strength. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So not to immediately say, stop listening to us and listen to that podcast, but it wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> to just to just hit pause and go listen to a really good episode of This American Life and then come back to us after you know the birth story. Yes. And and that wraps up season two <laughs> yeah. of and Breakfast Translation. For the Breakfast Translation. Uh our our advice is go listen to podcasts that have been around for 40 years. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's my update that I was just late to the bus once again, but so that does. So again, our premise is that your breakfast reveals something about you. Yes. So one thing that says is you're slow to jump on the train, right? Yes. But when you're on, you're ready. I'm here. You're here. Yeah. Anything else it reveals about you? I think it reveals that I, yeah, I think, I think that about sums it up. I, I jump on the translate and then nobody wants to, and then I get all excited about talking about this thing and then everybody's already over yeah. it. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't have any, any big updates other than to say that a lot of people and by a lot, I mean like five people, which is a good amount of people have supplied me with boxes of chocolatey delight. People are good, aren't they? <laughs> yes. And it's been kind of this beautiful thing. Cause we, you know, I, I, uh, I whined a few times during the first season about how chocolatey delight was getting harder and harder to find. Um, I didn't know if like they, if special K had stopped making it or if it was just these supply chain issues that we're dealing with, uh, in America. I wasn't sure what it was, but, uh, people were kind enough to drop off chocolatey delight here at the church. And I just really appreciate it. That's so cool. Yeah. And, uh, now I'd, like I said, I don't know if we need to make the podcast anymore because we got our free stuff out of it. Yes. That was kind of the goal. Something else that's really hard to find AirPods <laughs> and Tesla's. <laughs> That's right. I used to love Tesla's and then I just can't find them at the grocery store anymore. Very nostalgic. So so if anybody out there listening just has, you know, extra Tesla's, Mm -hmm. is it, is Tesla's the plural? Tesla. Tesla. Yeah. All right. Good play. I I also, I've I've moved into more of a, a bagel season, I think because, and this is actually tied to Bible stuff. Uh, one of the things we discovered last season is how often, probably realistically they ate barley bread for breakfast. And I, when I'm like training, when I'm running, uh, I will put the chocolatey delight delight aside and save that for like a midnight snack. And I'll just do like a, a bagel in the morning because I need those carbohydrates. And it occurred to me that of course they had to eat bread in the morning because they have to walk so much. Mm. that they had a carb load. Right. If you got to walk, I was doing a marathon. Yeah, if you got to walk nine miles every day, 10 miles every day, you, you need that, you need that you good need, barley bread to keep you, you going. A, yeah. Hard calories. Right. So we're going to be looking, I know this is kind of counterintuitive, but if you joined us for our first season, we looked at the book of Acts and now in our second season, we're moving backwards <laughs> and it made perfect sense to us because we are doing this in, in connection with the church, uh, our, our host site, our, our sponsoring church, Southbrook Christian church. We started that first season after Easter. And so it made sense to look at the book of Acts because it, it's all about the event, what follows after the Easter events. And with this season, we're launching this right around Christmas time. So it made sense to, even though it's a move backwards, we are going to read through the book of Luke. Yes. And start with the, the birth story. The narrative of Jesus uh, has a child. And so if you listen to our first season, you know that Luke and Acts are kind of tied together, right? They're, right. This, they're the first two parts of a sequel. Um, and Luke, in the same way that Acts is written to Theophilus, Luke is also written to Theophilus. And he says he's trying to give us an orderly account. It, and I always kind of love that language that he says, this is an orderly account. Like Luke is somebody who's concerned for details. But I think it's fair enough to say that he tell he's telling a wild story. Yes. Right. So it's like he's trying to be rational and scientific in his approach, but he's about to tell us wild things. I imagine it'd be like a, your buddy saying, hey, I've got this crazy story. Right. I'll tell you where I was, who I was with. Yes. So that you and you're not going to believe it, but yeah, to like I'm going to make it hard doubts. for you to not. Yeah. yeah. I, here's the details and I'm going to give you as much as I can so that you might believe this wild yarn I'm about to spin. And it starts right away because in the very first story we're looking at, if you want to <laughs> read with us in Luke one, mm-hmm. we we learn about the other couple in the Christmas story. Right. You might think we'd start with Mary and Joseph, but they're not actually the first. It's not the first story we get. Uh, The first story we get 
is Zechariah and Elizabeth. And let's just start with what we know about them, right? Okay. So what we know about them is that they're older. Yes. And that they've gotten to be older, but they have not had kids. Right. right? Which it reads in the story like this is kind of a painful thing to them. That that was maybe something they had imagined for their future, but they don't have. Uh, We know that Zechariah is a priest. So along with that, we know because of that, we know he doesn't drink. So he's not having a Bloody Mary for breakfast. Mm -mm. We can cross that right off the list. Uh, And his life involves a lot of ritual. And in this story, he's gotten chosen to do the most religious ritualistic thing you could do, which is to go into the holiest of holies in the temple. And so we know that he's in that moment where he's getting chosen to do something that's the pinnacle of what it would be to be a priest. And then in this story, while he's in that holy space, he hears that Elizabeth is going to have a child. Um, which is they both receive as a wild thing. Absolutely. Yeah. They've, if they've wanted a child their whole lives and they've grown into older age, I'm sure they came into the conclusion that this wasn't going to be a part of their life. Right. And they maybe made peace with that or they struggled with it. We don't, we don't know exactly. Um, But Zechariah's response is how, Mm -hmm. and not to get ahead to next week of Mary and Joseph. But what I always think is interesting is Zechariah and Mary, uh, both of them respond with how when they get this news that a baby is going to join their family. But Zechariah gets punished for his how. He gets in trouble. Yeah. Mary gets off the hook. <laughs> yeah. So you got to think that they must have just said it in a different tone. Right. That like Zechariah's how was more like a teenage boy or something. What do you like, mean? How? No. That's ridiculous. And then Mary's was more humble. Like, oh, wow. how? how is this going to open? So Zechariah goes on to like, he has to be, he's silenced. Uh, there's this, he doesn't get to talk for all of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which is either great or awful. Right. right. Exactly. That might go on a list of things we wish we knew uh-huh. is what she thought about that. Um, but we get this kind of story of their pregnancy, uh, including Elizabeth makes a trip to visit Mary, who's family to her. And there's this sort of poetic, beautiful moment where it says that their babies like kind of dance in the womb. Together. Right. I, yes. Yeah. yeah. Kind of spooky, but also <laughs> spooky, but charming, I guess. It is charming. Um, so. Let's talk about those are the things we kind of know. Right. Is there anything in reading this story that you wish part of what we're trying to do is to read with curiosity, Mm -hmm. right? And to let ourselves like wander around and wonder about these stories. Is there anything you wish you knew about their life together? The first moment is one that kind of is silly to me. Um, The idea of Zechariah explaining to everybody what is going on, why he's silenced, that this angel had just come to him and told him that his wife will be pregnant. I think that that moment is, um, would be very funny to see him like charades it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's coming out of this space where the people are thinking he's going to bring a word from God, right? He's gone into the, the holiest place. He's supposed to come out and step up to the microphone and say, God said this, but instead he comes out and says nothing. Right. <laughs> you know? And like, just how did he receive that? What did, what did he do for mm-hmm. those? I've never, have you ever been quiet for nine months? Never. <laughs> I had laryngitis and I still carried around a whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always think I'm, I'm relieved sometimes when I don't have to talk, but I, I'm sure that there must've been a struggle 
Absolutely. Yeah. So I do wish we got a little bit more of what that must have felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 hint we get is that when he finally does speak, it's actually a really beautiful, like it's almost it reads like a song. Yeah. Like he must have you've got a lot of time when you can't talk for nine months. So maybe he's like crafting it in his brain. <laughs> like what? Do, yeah. What does this yeah. mean? To when I finally be? find my voice, I better <laughs> say something say? good. Yeah. And I've always loved the the speech that he makes. My favorite part is the end of it where he says, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Um, I've always just loved that when he finally does find those words, uh, that his words are about how God is with those who are silenced, you know, and that he's, he seems to have a new understanding of, of who God is because of this sentence that he's been through. Um, so what do you, just based on what we know, what we wish we knew, what we get of them in this story, any speculation you have about what they might've had for breakfast? Do you have any? Well, we mentioned that there was a lot of routine going on in Zechariah's life already. So I picture him being a meal prepper. Okay. (laughs) He's got everything laid out the night ahead of time so he can get business done the next day. Yeah. That makes sense that Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to waste any time. Right. Yeah. Elizabeth is a little bit trickier since we don't, I feel like we don't get to know her quite as much. Yeah. I wonder because it tells us that they were both righteous. Right. But Zechariah's life as a priest would have had all these requirements around diet and rhythm and all that stuff. And so I wonder for the sake of their marriage, did she just like follow the same restrictions? Right. Or was she that kind of wife who she's, she would like go out and get a donut with sprinkles and just eat it in front of him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Say, I can do this. You can't do this. I always think that's a funny dynamic with family when somebody has a restriction and then whether or not everybody else joins them is, in that Is everyone gluten-free <laughs> yeah. or are you the one who has the allergy? That's right. Yeah. And there's a real sort of sensitivity to that. And so it makes me wonder about that. But yeah, I like that idea that he would have, he pre- he's a man of routine, you know, so whatever he picks, he probably doesn't allow for a lot of surprise in his life. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always kind of loved that because here he is in the Holy of Holies and he probably has like all these mechanics that he goes through to be in the presence of God and to do all the things that a religious person would do. And it makes sense to me that he can't handle the surprise of this birth announcement. Uh, and this baby's going to grow up to be John the Baptist, who we're going to talk about later, who is a surprising person in his own right. Um, but it has me in my head, you know, every time we do this, we try to kind of come around to, is there, are there connections to our own life? Do we have any, have you ever been surprised? I guess is the question I would have for us. Have we ever had a moment of genuine, like took our words away, kind of a surprise? Do you have any? anything come to mind? This might not be a took, took my words away kind of surprise, but I love it when people surprise me, especially someone, I, I picture them a certain way. And then like, maybe I picture them as being a very serious person and then they crack the best joke in class or something like that. That always makes me sort of rearrange how I think about 
every individual and when I, the assumptions that I make, that's yeah. what came to mind for me. Yeah. I love that. Like letting room for people to be something different than what you think they are. Um, the first thing that came to my mind is like, I don't, I, it's just the moment where all of a sudden you're paying attention to something you didn't think you'd pay attention to. Okay. So not too long ago, I went outside. It was early enough that the moon was full in the morning, right? So it was morning light, but a full moon, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just remember like, for some reason it got my attention that day. Okay. Like, maybe it happens every day, but for some reason that, that day, day I noticed it. You saw you it, know? you were looking at it and it felt like a moment between you and the moon. Yeah, almost. And yeah. Nobody else was out. Cause I was just walking the dog early in the morning. Uh, I think also, um, like this, like smells can be surprising. Like, so I have in my, in my head, not too long ago that I, something just smelled like the playground from my elementary school. And I remember all of a sudden being like whisked away in my brain Oh yeah, to being a little kid on that playground. Uh, and it was always like wet mulch is, right. the, is the smell that it was. So I must've just walked by a flower bed or something that had wet mulch in it. But I know, I remember in psych learning that some, your nerves that, um, interpret smell are really close to the part of your brain that, uh, remembers yeah. things. So, yeah. So it, it's like time traveling to right. smell a brand new thing or, or an old thing. Yeah. Um, I also, this is such a silly answer, but I, uh, as you know, we have a producer named Archie <laughs> who's, who's not in the studio today because, uh, he would have barked too much. Right. Um, but he is like a surprise. Like every once in a while, he just does something I didn't expect him to do. Like he'll try to jump up on something high and, and run into it instead. And it's <laughs> always a good time. Like it's always surprising. Um, I feel like, uh, just how much I like a dog is part of the surprise too, <laughs> that I actually just really having this little bundle of, uh, uh, unpredictability right. as a part of my life has been kind of a fun, a fun thing. But I think what it reminds me to like Zechariah's story to me is always the thing of he, he went through all the mechanics for God to show up. But then when God actually did show up, he was like, Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And you can do yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Like I thought God would show up in a, this certain way and it's this way instead. And so he, that story, even though it's like kind of pre Christmas sort of like parallel to the Christmas story, it's become one of my favorite things to revisit every season is the story of this ritualistic same breakfast every morning. He had it out the night before, you know, he already had the coffee filter filled up and all that to make the morning easy. Like this guy who thought he had everything figured out gets, gets surprised by God and just making peace with that uh, to the degree that he's open to what God might do for him next. So that's where breakfast takes us in this first story. Uh, if you're just joining us, we hope you will follow along on our Instagram at the breakfast translation. Uh, we hope that everybody who listens in will also maybe feel compelled to check out the story for yourself and ask your own questions about it. What's weird to you? What do you wish you knew about these stories? Cause one of the things we find in the Bible, we only get glimpses of, of these people's lives. And sometimes there's, there's something to connect to that's in the margins of it uh, sometimes. So thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll be back here next time for the breakfast translation. Mm -hmm.